If you're an entrepreneur, you know what it means to take personal and financial risks, create jobs that support your community, and devote most of your time to your business. But do you know how to plan for a successful exit from your business? Do you know who should be involved in creating your succession or transition plan and the steps along the way? Welcome to Finish Big, the podcast with Mark Dorman from Legacy Business Advisors. The podcast theme is inspired by critically acclaimed business author, Bo Burlingham, author of Finish Big, how great entrepreneurs exit their companies on top. In this podcast, you'll hear success stories of exit plans done right and pick up practical tips based on years of legacy business advisors' expertise and knowledge about the largest and most important financial transaction of your life. Now, on to the show. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Finish Big Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Dorman, and today uh, I'm delighted to uh, have a client, more importantly, a gentleman has become a good friend, he and his wife, Lisa, Mr. Rodney Davis. Rodney, welcome to Finish Big, and thank you for your time today. Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, great, great. This is our master special, Rodney. And okay. uh, as I was preparing, I thought to myself, well, who could we have on the show that has a golf bent? And lo and behold, I thought right of you. And I said, ah, perfect. So uh, this episode is dropping on Masters Week. So first of all, if uh, you've not been to the Masters, I had the great fortune of going last year. Truly a bucket list experience. Uh, had my wife there, a couple of my kids and my good friend Jim Kerrigan joined us, and uh, we just it was just unbelievable. Couldn't believe a golf course and grass could look so look so pure and so perfect, right? And so hilly. I was really uh, amazed, quite frankly. Uh, you remember Tiger played in that tournament, Rodney, and he walked. Uh, he didn't make the cut, but my goodness, that golf course is very, very hilly, and his leg is so uh, so damaged from his car accident. It was just great to see him out there and uh, great to be at Augusta first and foremost. So enough about me and the Masters. Let's talk about you, Rodney. What I wanted to cover today is uh, for all of our listeners out there, Rodney and his family uh, own a golf course called River Greens South in Avon Park, Florida. So let's just start there, Rodney, uh, real quick. First of all, where is Avon Park, Florida? Well, Avon Park's about 65 to 70 miles south of Orlando. But more importantly, I guess it's dead center of the state. I mean, we're 90 miles from either coast. Uh, we're 200 miles from Miami and 200 miles from Jacksonville. So we're almost dead center of the state. Yeah, that is like golf mecca as the, uh, again, the golf theme continues. The go The tour is sweeping through florida they were just in jacksonville last week at the players now they're uh they're down in uh, innisbrook for the val spar and soon they will be at augusta in a couple weeks exciting time in the golf calendar but let's start with a little bit of background how long have you been in the golf business and and how did you get started tell us a little bit about your journey and yourself okay well the i guess it's been in the 50 to 55 years so i guess more closer to 55 years that i've been in in in, in in the golf hmm. uh, we started out as farmers in ohio uh, in 1965 i believe uh, that's when we started there we took the farm uh was going to end up just building a nine-hole golf course and running continue farming and uh, we uh opened the first nine in 1966 
And uh, it was in the spring, I guess, there. And the architect come by one day and uh, he said, uh, my brother's name was George. And he says, where's George at? And I said, well, he's out getting ready to plant corn on the other property that we have here. And he said, he's doing what? He said, he's getting ready to plant corn. And and he says, you need to go get him in here. So hmm. it's a, and the reason for this was, is that when Jack walked into the pro shop there, there was probably 30 to 40 people stand in line to play golf <laughs> and the golf course was full. And uh, so George come up and, and uh, start, they started kibitzing back and forth and talking about the golf business. And Jack says, George Davis, he says, what's your problem? He said, you don't, you do not need to be planting corn. Yeah. You need to be building another nine holes. Of golf. For, forget the corn, George, let's play some golf, right? Th that's correct. So that day, we never planted any corn. We started building the second nine at River Greens North in, in uh, 1966. And we opened that nine in the fall of 66. So actually it was probably the spring of 67. And we opened the, with the full 18 holes there. Yeah, that's great. Now, uh, for our listeners out there, River Greens North is located about, what, 40 miles south of Canton? correct roughly yeah 40 45 50 somewhere okay, in that neighborhood yeah. it's a, it sits uh on a river as you might imagine and that's uh what is that tuscarora's county that's in, no it's in coshocton county coshocton county gotcha coshocton county uh well that's that's great and then you built the other nine holes completed the 18 hole course and you were instrumental in the design and the construction correct not in the design of the first two uh, okay. I was, uh, we built a third nine in 1993 and yes, I was in, involved in the, the architecture of that nine holes. Nice. Nice. And so we're back in the mid sixties. It's you and your brother. He's about ready to plant some corn all of a sudden. Now we've got 18 holes and a pretty avid golf. You've got a, a pretty good following down there, a membership, even though it is a, a, what we call a daily fee public golf course. Correct. That's correct. We do. Okay. And, and, uh, one of the things I want to explore later on in our episode here is really the status of the golf industry. Uh, cause I know during COVID and you and I have talked about this golf really spiked up in terms of rounds played, but I want to get into your journey relative to our podcast, finishing big. There was a moment, if I remember you shared with me, uh, your brother, George and yourself kind of sat down and you had one golf course between you. It was decided all of a sudden, perhaps, that you would relocate to Florida and build a sister course. Is that correct? More or less, yes. I, I had come to Florida in 1969. Actually, I hadn't even graduated out of high school yet. Wow. Uh, and come down for the races in, in Daytona. And a friend of mine, and I had an aunt that lived in, in here in Avon Park. And so we come to Avon Park to visit her and when I got here, she kind of set it up. She knew I played golf and wanted me to, to experience playing golf here in, in town. And so I went out with a friend of ours that we knew from Ohio originally. And he, uh, we went out to the, a, a golf course that was here in town and, and played. And it, at that point in time, it was in horrible, horrible shape. And I wasn't used to hitting out of the sand. And mm -hmm. so I complained to him the whole time around. And, uh, by the time we got to about the 15th hole, he says, I'm tired of you complaining about the golf course. He said, why don't you buy the one on the other side of town? And I said, well, let's go look at it. So we quit <laughs> playing. We, we quit playing right there. I uh, got in the car, drove you quit, out. You quit on the 15th hole. 
we quit on the 15th hole. It was that bad, huh? It was that bad. Wow. And, and so we come to the, where the golf course is here now and uh, rode around and I said, well, let's go find a real realtor and find out who owns it. And we did. And I found this all out, got all the information and I went back home and sat down with my dad and my brother. And uh, I said, I think we need to buy this golf course. You know, I had no idea mm. that this would ever come to fruition, but it did. And, uh, and I look back on it today and I, I, my brother and I were 20 years apart in age. And I think that, uh, George being older, George being the oldest. Yes. Okay. And, okay. uh, I think he looked at it and, and said, you know, with the age difference and, and possible working together, I mean, we had great working relationships. Don't get me wrong in any, by any means, but I think he really seen the handwriting on the wall that, that I probably would be better off with my own place in time. I mean, he done wonders for me to get me here and, and to do what we done here. It was, uh, you know, and then being again, 18 years old is when I came here That's and started crazy. this. And, uh, so we, uh, we ended up coming back down and, and made an offer on the place and, and they accepted the offer. And on June 23rd, 1969, I moved to Florida and I've never looked back. And you were, you owned a golf course, 18, 19 years old. I was 18 years old when I came here. Yes. Goodness sakes. Goodness sakes. <laughs> Our guest today, Rodney Davis, owner of river green South in Avon park, Florida. Rodney, uh, I want to go back to River Greens North. There was a certain amount of wisdom there, right? So our firm, we do succession and exit planning. As you know, it's something I'm personally and our whole team is extremely passionate about. I just had a previous guest on the show a couple of weeks ago by the name of Dr. Michael Klein. He has authored a book called Trapped in the Family Business, and it talks about really unhealthy family relationships, but Apparently, your big brother, George, had the foresight to say uh, you obviously had the entrepreneurial bug and your dad was willing to support you. And rather than fight over the spoils in Tuscaroras County, you said, hey, let's move to Florida and kind of expand our reach. Is that kind of how it went? That's more or less how it went. Yes. Wow. And 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 you uh, I know your, your brother has since passed, uh, but you had a. Uh, a remarkable relationship and business never came between you uh, as brothers, right? No, that's, that's correct. He and I had a great relationship, still hard to talk about him, but, but anyhow, we had, we had a great time business wise. We, we always got along. He supported me here in, in Florida as I moved here. And as time went along, he and I sat down and, and George was always wanting to prepare for the future. Yeah. He's, he's seen so many businesses, friendships, families that didn't make it because they didn't plan ahead. Yeah. And Amen. so he and I, he and I made the decision back. Oh, I don't know. It's probably been 25, 30 years ago now that we should take the two golf courses. We own together. We own both golf courses, one in, in Ohio and one here in Florida. And he looked at me one day and he said, you know, Rodney he says, we've had a great time together. He says, but I don't know whether our kids we'll have a great time together. Mm. And he said, I think the best thing for us to do today is, is if we would split the two golf courses and you take the one in Florida and I take the one in Ohio. And then he says, as time goes along, 
you, I can give it to my kids and you can do what you want and give it to your kids or whatever comes that way. Mm -hmm. And, uh, to look back on it, it was, uh, I mean, just, uh, just such wisdom and foresight, right. Um, to think that, you know, even on this show and there's been multiple books written about families just being torn apart over a business. And, uh, I really appreciate you sharing that with our listeners, uh, and obviously sharing your affection for your, your older brother, George, but I couldn't wait to have you on this show when I thought about this master's theme, and I'm thinking who better because coming off our previous episode, a couple uh, episodes, six or seven, where we talked about being trapped in the family business, you know, the Davis brothers decided they weren't going to let the business trap them or define their relationship. So kind of you go your way, I go my way. And George has since built up a succession plan. He's got his son, Doug, and his daughter, Lynn, and her husband, Lee, at River Greens North in Tuscaroras County. And uh, they're getting of, of an age where succession planning is becoming pertinent. And then also uh, for yourself at your age, you're going through a process of exploration. What's the best option? Tell us where you're at in that and, and what really what was important to you. I know you, you you reached out to me and hopefully we've been helpful. I'm not looking for a commercial here, but obviously you had that planning gene that your you and your brother had to try to think about what's the best possible outcome. And you know, without going into anything confidential, but we went through a multitude of different options, if you recall. Um, and so much is written on this subject about it's really not ever about the money, Rodney. It's usually about what feels right for the owner when they look to exit. And legacy is a big part of that, obviously, but being at peace with your decision. Can you can you just comment on that, please? Well, you know, it's it's been a very tough decision for me uh I, you know i've been here 50 53 54 years and and uh when you came to us and we sit down and we start talking about all the stuff and, and give us all the opportunities of different ways that we could exit the, the golf course and uh you know just made me really think my way through the whole thing but we we had a lot of different ways to to go about it. You know, we, we chose one that we talked about selling the golf course. And, and, uh, the more I thought about that and the, the more the 53 years that I've been here just wasn't working for me. And, uh, I, I'm not ready to retire today. Mm -hmm. I I'm hoping to be here another 20 years if that's right. possible. But, uh, my son, uh, I really want my son to be able to step into my shoes and take over Mm -hmm. and for it to be his uh, i've got a couple daughters and they have no interest in being here at the golf course so uh again you've you brought it to us and 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 laid it out and all kinds of different options and i think we come up with a, a great plan in the end here and uh, i think it's going to work very well yeah i do too i do too and i i commend you uh commend any business owner out there that's listening to getting started early because these aren't decisions you make quickly or lightly uh, and if you remember our conversations with Lisa, it was, Hey, you know, think about this and chew on it for three to four weeks and we'll circle back and, uh, could tell that you had done a lot of thought and soul searching. And we've finally narrowed it down to a path that we think will work. And the other parties that are involved have been notified. So that looks great. I, I couldn't congratulate you enough uh, on the success, but to have these two sister courses, um, one in, uh, uh, Tuscaroras County, just south of Canton, Ohio, and the other one 
just south of Orlando. Different markets, different temp climates, obviously. What would you say from a golf perspective? Let's talk a little golf, if you don't mind. I'm a golfer. You're a golfer. You obviously got Bermuda grass down there. You've got maybe Bent and Poana grass up north. Uh, when you kind of change hats and you maybe fly up here and talk to your nephew, Doug, or Lynn and Lee, is it two different businesses with the different turf sciences involved, or is it still just serving the public, good greens, get them around quickly, et cetera? It's serving the public. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that is, is coming my blood. My, you know, my wife, she has a smile on her face every day when she goes to work. How she does that, I have no idea because there's there's days that she's it's pretty rough. But at the end of the day, she still says, you know, the customers what we're here for. Yeah. And uh, it uh, as far as the grasses goes, it's pretty much the same in Ohio as it is here. You know, day in and day out, we do the same things pretty much. Yeah. Uh, so it's uh, but the, the the interesting thing I got into when I moved here was is I I ended up getting into the golf construction business, which mm-hmm. was a whole different deal. And uh, so my wife run the golf course for uh, as if you uh, didn't have enough to do, Rodney. Right? That that's correct. <laughs> that's correct. But uh, I got in the golf business and and built golf courses in the eastern well everything I guess east of the Mississippi and the Caribbean. It's where I done most of my work at. And right, I so done you're that talking for- about actually moving earth, creating fairways, bunkers, et cetera, right? Correct. Uh-huh. I've done that for thir- 35 years. Wow. Wow. Did you enjoy that as well? Yes, I did. Yeah. I, uh-huh. I, I guess it all kind of comes back to, and I think back about this, why did I was able to do this or why did I want to do this? Uh, because I never had a day that I didn't want to do it. And yeah. it, it's still it's still in my blood today. If I had the choice, I'd be out there doing it. But I think it all come back from the farming. Yeah, I get I got some of my buddies and you know, where I live here in Medina County, which if I if I hopped on my bicycle and rode five miles south of here, you're right in the middle of corn and soybean territory, even though we're only thirty miles from Cleveland. But they have these big tractors and it's boys and their toys. They like to they like to get behind these uh these tractors and their ATVs and it's in their blood, man. Right. Well, it's a, at the end of the day, you can turn around and look back and see what you've done. Yep. And, and that's, uh, there, that's, there's a lot to be said for that. Yep. Yep. So let's talk about the business of golf. I know whether it's river greens, North or your course, river greens, South and Avon park, Florida, uh, the business can be tough. I mean, obviously it's weather dependent, uh, but you've got, significant things that the public may not think about it as far as the condition and maintenance of bunkers, you know, the sprinkler system, irrigation, flooding, drainage, etc. Uh, a lot a lot more goes into it to prepare a golf course for uh to have, you know, to, to make it presented to the public in in a favorable light, correct? That's correct. And it it's you know, if you ask 100 people what they enjoyed about a golf course, no, you're not probably, well, you'll get some of the same answers, but nobody can really put a finger necessarily on exactly what it is. And it, it is this combination in my, my eyes, it's a combination of everything. It's, it's the traps being raked, the traps being edged, fairways being cut, weeding being done around trees, nice greens, mm. uh, grass again, mowed. Pace of play. Uh, pace of play. Uh, it just, uh, there, there's so many things go into it. 
it's just not one thing. It's, yeah, and, then, it's, and then you got to have the cold beer and a hot dog at the end of the day, right? That's true. That's, that's true. That's uh, that's great. But I mean, in the I mean, irrigation today, it, you know, you know, just talking to Doug about River Greens North irrigation flooding. They live on a on a river. I mean, you have a lot of things that are out of your control. But just like farming, you got to be able to roll with it a little bit and be resilient. No, that's correct. You do. Uh, you know, we have. Here in Florida, here at the golf course here in Florida, flooding is not necessarily an issue for us. Uh, but in Ohio, flooding has been an issue. Actually, we probably had close to of the 27 holes there, probably 18 or 19 of them have been underwater at one time or another. Mm-hmm. And it's just a matter of you, you know what to do after it all happens and you get back out and clean it back up. And you know, it's kind of like our hurricanes. We have hurricanes here and we have to do the cleanup after the hurricanes and they have to clean up after the, the flooding there. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So our guest today is Rodney Davis, uh, owner of the river green South golf course, which is located, uh, South of Orlando in Avon park, Florida. Let's talk golf economics. Uh, I mentioned to you that, and I know this firsthand and you and I have shared this but I, I actually saw this. Uh, I have two older sons that are in the workforce, and when COVID came out, it was the funniest thing. The uh, you know they closed everything, and um, I think the golfers just went up in a, an uproar. And the next thing you know, they so everything except the golf courses. You guys can still play golf. So otherwise, I think the the golf community in Ohio would have been a mutiny at the governor's door. But suffice to say, as social distancing was uh was in place the golf course became an area where men and women could commune hang out wouldn't be close to each other and daily fee golf course uh utilization or rounds played went up it, a lot of people think that uh many many people were introduced to the game during covid fell in love with it like we have and it may have really resurrected the game would you agree with that I would totally agree with that. It's it's just been an amazing turnaround in the past three years here at the golf course. It, it is we have just seen tremendous numbers increase. Golf in Ohio has increased the same. It just uh, it's it's just kind of been a renewed thing. We've we've seen, you know, the younger generation is what we was concerned about that we haven't wasn't seeing, and all of a sudden, the younger generation has stepped forward and, and started to play golf again. yeah i mean when i say younger i'm not talking teenagers i mean we're talking my son andrew and his buddies who all played lacrosse at mount union which is down in your neck of the woods mount union university and they're like dad we're all playing in a golf league now i'm like wait a minute i couldn't even get you to touch a golf club <laughs> when you were in college but they're all now they're all hooked and and from what i understand that the people that were newly introduced through covid They've got the bug, and they're they they're continuing to play, and it's sustained this elevated popularity of the game, right? That's correct. It has. That's that's fantastic. So, uh, how many rounds a year would you book at River Green South? Right now, we're probably somewhere in roughly forty-five to fifty thousand rounds. We're playing a year. Forty-five to fifty-five thousand rounds. That's correct. Wow! Wow! And, uh, again, speaking on the economics, capital equipment, you've got obviously mowers, uh, you know, et cetera, all that you've got various tractors, but what about the cost of chemicals and all the things that goes into running a golf course that we, I, as a golfer may not appreciate. Have you seen a significant spike 
in due to inflation in, in those materials? Yes, we have. Uh, the COVID, I think, you know, on, on speaking of COVID, I think it has increased the price of a lot of different materials that we have. Fertilizer is an example. Our fertilizer budget has doubled in the past two years. Wow. Chemical prices haven't quite been that extreme. They've probably gone up by a third. But the, the fertilizer and and getting the materials has been a problem. I just had a today as an example, I had the, my fertilizer salesman in today and, and to get fertilizer for the greens, which is a special type of fertilizer. They're having problems now getting the fertilizer from overseas to get it here. And so there's going to be a shortage of greens fertilizer now for a few months. Wow. So I mean, it, it, it's just the, the, the supply chain issues are never reaching. I had a meeting this morning. Or this afternoon at lunch with a client of mine, and it's like, where did all the humans go, right? Where where did all the workers go? And all of a sudden, we've got all these issues that have, uh, you know, we've kind of put so much pressure on the system, so to speak. It's affecting everyone, even the golf industry. So as we look to wrap up the show, uh, and thank you again for being with us today, Rodney. I can't thank you enough. But as you look out from your vantage point at your age, say you're talking to a 40, 50 year old business owner, what advice would you give to other business owners, irrespective of what industry they're in relative to planning, transition planning, business succession planning? What would, what would you, what would your piece of advice be to them? It's, you know, I, I have some friends that actually there is there in Ohio, the girl I went to school with their family, uh, the father just passed away and had no set up or nothing to run their business from and she has a couple a brother and a sister and they are in a turmoil now of how to continue running their business today so i would say if, if you're asking me that that the main thing would be is is to get all of your stuff in line and set up to where your business can continue to run if you're especially if you're going to have family if you're not going to have family then, you know, the, the exit plan is exit, sell, and, and be done with it. But if you're going to have family, and you need to have it set up to where everybody knows where they stand. Yeah, I would echo that. Yeah, I would echo that. For those of you that are in family businesses, you obviously have a familial obligation to get have everyone know what kind of the plan is, God forbid, if something happens. More than likely, you're going to live to be the ripe old age of 80, perhaps, and you'll have a successful exit. But if you even if you don't aren't involved in a family business, you take a look at like River Green South. I bet you that is a community gem in Avon Park. And, you, you know, it's almost you have a you do you have a stewardship, a fiduciary relation uh, obligation to make sure that, hey, I got my plans in order that your wife's taken care of. Kids are taken care of. The community will be looked after well. Uh, your suppliers, your vendors, et cetera. So it's this little economy that I talk about with our clients all the time, if that's not pressure enough, so to speak. But planning is the key, right? Getting out ahead of it early. Yes, it is very much so. Great, great. Uh, we are, uh, we've are. we been joined today by Rodney Davis, uh, terrific, uh, terrific operator of an amazing golf course. Uh, and golf courses, he's had his hand in River Greens North. He's had his hand in the construction of golf courses, the design of a few golf courses. And uh, right now is uh, his passion is river green South and Avon park, Florida. Before I let you go, Rodney, this is master's week. I know who I like. Who do you like? 
Well, I have about three of them that I like, but I guess the number one on the list is Scotty Scheffler. I mm-hmm. think Scotty's game is is there for it, uh, but I think John Rom is a good one, and I think uh, Jordan Spieth. I yep. think Jordan Spieth is uh, is set to play what he needs to do to to win it again. Yeah, just talking golf a little bit. Uh, you and I talked uh, before we hopped on the air yesterday a little bit. Scotty Scheffler just seems to have ice in his veins, doesn't he? He sure does. And he freewheels sure. it like an old-time player. But uh, in my mind, I think of the top three players in the world, Rory, John, and Scotty. Scotty puts it a really, really good day in and day out. Rory, not so much. Um, obviously, he lit it up at Augusta last year with a 64 on Sunday. Jordan Spieth, always a fan favorite. If he can get his putter warmed up to where it was uh, half a dozen years ago, he's almost unbeatable. It seems to me that when these guys and ladies, for that matter, when they're when they're putting good, a guy like Rory McIlroy might win by half a dozen shots. You know, these they just they just hit it so much better than the other folks. That's correct. Well, it's just like what Tiger did for years. At uh, you know, if Tiger was in his health that he needs to be in, I don't think there'd be any question who would win the Masters. But yeah, yeah, boy, that's uh, you, <laughs> that's a mic drop moment here with Rodney Davis. Yeah, that's yeah. not a prediction. I mean, God, just to uh, I hope uh, I hope Tiger plays a full Master, a full major schedule this year. Uh, love to see him over at Hoy Lake where he won a few, uh, several yes. years or about twenty years ago. Uh, just after his dad passed away. But great show. Uh, great Masters preview. Rodney Davis, thank you for your time this afternoon. Thank uh, you for that. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, we appreciate you. We appreciate what you do for the golf business. Um, and we wish you nothing but the best of luck with River Greens South there in Avon Park. Our very best to your beautiful wife, Lisa. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Great. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been your host, Mark Dorman, of the Finish Big Podcast, uh, where we seek to share insights and experiences from business owners, really the kind of the good, the bad, and the ugly, and not only business owners, owners, but the advisors and members of their team that help them uh, really finish big uh, and exit their business on their terms. So I look forward to uh, seeing you down the road. Thank you for your time this afternoon, and here's to finishing big. Have a great day. We hope you enjoyed listening to Finish Big, the podcast with Mark Dorman from Legacy Business Advisors. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes are available. Learn more at LegacyBusinessAdvisors.com or call 330-350-5410. Please be aware the information in these podcasts represent the views and opinions of our guests and do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Legacy Business Advisors. The content is for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional tax or legal advice. Always seek the advice of your legal or tax professional with any questions regarding your specific situation.